0: Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. This is episode 245. This week we mourn the loss of a Georgian legislator. We have a judge in hot water. The abortion question, again. And the packing school employee. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is the star of the show, writer journalist, TV personality, dog mom, and owner of GeorgiaVirtue.com Jessica Szilagyi.
1: That's a little bit dramatic. I think your mom (laughs) listens.
0: (laughs) She knows I'm not the star of the show. Oh, (laughs) jeez. I'm here just to throw questions to you so that you can dazzle people with your brilliance.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Lucky me. Lucky everyone.
0: (laughs) It is Thanksgiving week.
1: It is. Grocery stores are full of people and lacking in pretty much anything.
0: Yeah, and it's more expensive. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm tired of that story. It's, it's, it's been run into the damn dirt. Yes, we're all aware. We all go to the grocery store. We all know it's more expensive.
1: Well, also, it gets more expensive every year.
0: It does. It's one of those stores that you, you dust off when, when, when it meets whatever... Political end that you have going. I'm not. And I'm not saying inflation's not a problem. I'm just. Of course. I'm kind of tired of hearing that it's going to cost you f- fifteen dollars more this year. Okay. Right. We're still going to get together. We're not. We're not going to be sit around a, a table and carve up a can of spam. Yeah. Because I know that that's that's all privilege talk, right?
1: Probably. <laughs> Probably for sure.
0: And I I, I told you off air. I have a '82 CJ7. That's a, just a just a toy Jeep. It's a, uh, if I was a mechanic, it'd be a project Jeep. It's kind of just it's lifted. It's cool to screw around in. I got it back from the mechanic for about an hour. Took it across the street to put some fuel in it, put some uh, fuel stabilizer in it, and it stalled in the middle of a four lane. So I had had to, so I had it for an hour before I had to have a tow truck come pick it up and take it back to the mechanic and fix what's going on with it.
1: This would be a great time for that sad trombone. Noise effect you wanted?
0: Yeah, yeah. The, the the Price Is Right. a mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Again, first world problems. It's not like my primary vehicle is broken down. It's the it's the toy that, that I have that, that that broke down. It's not it's not the end of the world. It's like complaining that I have to I have to wash my boat.
1: <laughs> oh man.
0: Well, this is not an easy transition. No, Uh, but... Yeah, it's really hard to change gears on this one, but uh, uh, Speaker Ralston uh, passed away last week.
1: He did, after an extended illness.
0: Yeah, and and of course, we don't know what it is. It's none of our business. If the family decides to release that information, that's up to them. Uh, Not any of our business. Uh, It was... It was more shocking because, you know, obviously you and I aren't in the know with the, with the Ralstons. Um, he was certainly not a fan of ours.
1: Speak for yourself.
0: <laughs> okay. Certainly not a fan of mine.
1: Yeah, no, he didn't care for me either, but that's okay. <laughs> well,
0: you got to take that, to take that as a feather in your cap.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, it just, it, it truly, like, I never even really, I met him one time at a Republican leadership thing, um, like. You know, face to face. But other than that, like all of our interaction was either strictly political, like as I, I don't know, or me working as a legislative aide or something. It was, but my opposition to him is one of the few people at the state or local level that I never really knew anything about them personally. And all of the conflict was rooted in ideology ideology
0: yeah that's the thing I, I i ran into him almost literally uh hey he, i guess someone told him who i am and he kind of just scoffed and walked away either that or he recognized that i wasn't important enough to talk to i don't know yeah it, it, it's a tragic first family look the, the people in blue ridge loved him they did and i've got i know people that live up there who brag about about being friends with the speaker and stuff and and uh absolutely just absolutely loved him up there it's it's one of those things where you just there was no point in running against ralston he was much loved up there the uh uh which we find in politics a lot when you when you take a poll of what do you think of congress you'll find they have a disapproval rating of like 60 percent or even higher because we we view congress when you talk about your congressperson People tend to love their congressperson because that's the person they know, and that's the person that shows up to to the luncheons, and that's the person that they correspond with. That's the person that you write if you want to have a flag flown over the Capitol, uh, that kind of stuff. They love that person, and, and, and I'm guilty of it too. It, on the state level, is you know, uh, Gullett is my is my state rep, and I, I I I like the hell out of Gullet. I mean, super good guy, yeah. Uh, do I like the legislature as a whole? Probably not, but do I like my representation? Absolutely. Sure. So uh, you know that that kind of gets into to the personal stuff, and and you, neither 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 you nor I knew Ralston outside of professional circles and political circles. So, but it's it's a tragedy for his family. It was shocking to to everybody who wasn't in the know. I knew he had health challenges, and you know somebody who's was he sixty eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody that age health challenges could be anything could be needs a hip replacement could be anything. Uh, so it wasn't shocking to hear that somebody 68 was starting to wind down and say, you know, I don't, I, I don't need this full-time job anymore. Of course they're going to replace him with a 70 year old.
1: Yeah. And I think that just the circumstances of it all in the public eye happening so quickly, I think, um, I mean, I'm sure that people close to him knew he was not well and, um, I'm sure that some political leaders knew that he was not well leading up to um what happened, but you know, I'm sure that like as much as John Burns is going to be like it, it kind of puts a um a shadow over him becoming the speaker. Because it like, does. it's not a positive. I mean, it's not like a, a handing off the gavel. Even if, even if Ralston had been able to handle it off because of health issues that he was going to focus on himself. Um, the fact that he obviously has died, it kind of, it just, it, it I don't know. It, it just changes the tone.
0: It really does. And I think it would have been helpful to have the outgoing speaker do a warm handoff. mm-hmm and it, anybody who's ever taken uh, taken a, a job, uh, a, a leadership job, and this is outside of politics. When you replace somebody who's retiring and you're able to get in there and work with that person for a couple of months and they take you and introduce you to the clients and introduce you to the team that should be leading, it makes it so much easier than when that person just quits and you walk in cold and you have to go and introduce yourself and establish yourself. It's a warm handoff is so much easier uh, in any professional setting. And then when you start adding the personalities at the Capitol and you start adding all the the outside influences, the the whether it's uh, outside money that's coming in, whether it's the, the lobbyists, you add all that stress in there. So it, I mean, look, he, the incoming speaker is not coming in cold. I mean, he's he knows everybody. He's been he's been there a minute. But if just for him, it would, and like I, I'm, we're not glazing over the fact that a man is dead. It's just the the pra, the practical things of of carrying on with the business of the state. Right. Uh, now, who's who's the speaker today?
1: Um, Jan Jones. And that makes Alberta-ish.
0: her
1: what? Well, she was the pro tem, um, and so now she's the 74th speaker.
0: And the first female speaker in the state of Georgia.
1: Yeah, I mean, whatever.
0: I know you hate the firsts, and it'll be for like 50 days or whatever it is, but... It is worth remarking that she is the first female speaker. Congrats. Yeah. For for fifty days. She didn't she didn't want it anyway. She she could have run. She could have put thrown her name in the hat. She didn't want it. Right. Which I respect. Uh, I wouldn't want that job. Yeah. I don't think it's a hard job. I just don't want it.
1: Well, I mean the job is what is it's truly one of those where it is like it can be what you want it to be. Um I mean of course, you need a speaker who is present and engaged, and and uh, in good health and mobile and things like that. But like, and and arguably, a speaker is more it, it entails more days and time than a traditional lawmaker. But it is still a part-time gig, if you so wish. Um,
0: if if you wish, right. But it's you can work as much or as little as you want. Or as you feel you need to, I should say, I shouldn't say want, as as little or as much as you as you feel you need to. Right. You could be on state business. I mean, you're the one who decides if you're on state business or not. So I, you know, it's a it's a not a bad paying gig, but you but you do have to uh, re up for it every two years.
1: And you asked about. Um, uh, Called um, his campaign account um, and what happens to it because, as of the last filing, um, he had a million dollar one million ninety one thousand six hundred eleven dollars in his campaign account. And a lot of money.
0: If Georgia law parallels federal election law, that money, of course, stays in the campaign account. The campaign account. It's much like a corporation. Uh, yes,
1: it's David Do- Ralston for state representative is the account.
0: right. Yeah, Doctor Cool outlives David Roberts. Mm. Uh, the corporation can, can, can live on, so that money's still there. So my my question when I started doing research was, well, what happens to it? Well, the, the 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 answer is not much. The treasurer and whoever's listed on on his form as treasurer is still in charge of that money, and it can be doled out to charity it can be refunded. It can be you, it can be given to uh, contributions to other uh, politicians for, for, uh, for other elections. So I think the, the latter is much more likely than giving people refunds. I mean, obviously, if, if, if you put $2,500, you know, twice a year, every year into his account, you may say, Hey, listen, I'd like to like to get that money back, That, that that may happen. But that's going to make that treasurer, and I, I don't know who it is. I, even if you told me the name, I wouldn't know him. That would make that, that makes that treasurer a very powerful person in Georgia politics.
1: According to his paperwork, it is a man named uh, or a woman, Cherie Bradburn.
0: My Sharia Moore, give me a call.
1: What's his wife's it, name? I don't know. I thought it was Cherie.
0: And it may be, it may be, and that. But again, you know, she can't take that money and stick it in her pocket. But she becomes a yep. huge it's player. His wife is Cherie. Yep, and she she just became a huge player. Not that she wasn't before in Georgia politics, because she can dole that money out to to candidates as she sees fit. She can also or she could can, run, or she could run. Or she could she could use that that money uh, the way that that Ralston did, which is to to take people you don't agree with politically and primary them, and fund other 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 candidates. So you know again, moving moving past the the human side of it, there is a political impact when when we lose a, a figure as prominent and as well funded as David Ralston was. So I, I time
1: to be alive.
0: It, it, from a, from a, as we like to say, the 30,000 foot view to, to, to see how it, 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 it shakes out will be interesting just from a, uh, from a political observer standpoint, you know, again, setting aside the human side of it, just to, to see what happens going forward with that stuff. So you see what happens in the house going forward. Obviously there'll be, uh, you know, huge memorials and in tributes the the first days of session and all that. But when they get down to business, how the how the new speaker handles things, how what changes in the house, uh, if if anything, if if unless Burns is a it could be co- come in as a cookie cutter, I don't know. We won't know until we see it,
1: right? It so we have a for sure.
0: Yeah, we have a South uh, Georgia judge charged with fifty eight counts of judicial misconduct.
1: Yes, this is down here um, in the judicial circuit adjacent to mine. Um, Candler, Emanuel, people are familiar with like Metter, Swainsboro, all that jazz. Um, And this is Judge Robert Reeves. People know him as Bobby Reeves. And if you recall... The lawyer we talked about on the show from Screvin County named Hubert Reeves. It is his brother. Naturally. Um, of course. But um, Judge Reeves has been on the bench since 2007. And there's been all this whisper about these charges and this investigation going on by the JQC. Um, but it just was released, I think, on Wednesday. And... I mean I I knew the rumblings of what it was but I have never ever seen 58 charges um I mean I don't know he's an older gentleman I think he's almost 80 he's in his 80. I mean he's getting up there um so you know it very well may, very well may be that they are doing this in the in excess to kind of force his hand and, and, push him out. But, um, it's important before we go forward to, that he was just reelected for another four-year term, um, two weeks ago. I think he ran unopposed. He's run unopposed, um, probably always, but, um, at least in the recent history. So, and he just became the chief judge of the circuit in 2020 when another judge, um, retired and he was then the the senior judge. So basically, what it outlines is um, everything that he's done in the last um, six years, since 2015 16 to present day. And it's everything from um, claims of sexual harassment um, and, and bias and, and inappropriate comments about um, maternity leave and women dividing their duties between motherhood and being an attorney to asking a black man um, who was exiting the courtroom after Judge Reed had told people to stay seated, he said something to the effect of like, are you really that stupid? Um, Making comments about inmates in the jail, like, do we actually have to feed these people? Um, Lots of stuff that we can get into. But the biggest thing to me of all of it, and again, because I'm a terrible feminist, but um, the biggest most problematic thing that was outlined in these um, allegations was the fact that he has spent seven years promoting an advocacy center in our circuit or in the circuit that works with the prosecution. Um, And that is strictly prohibited for judges to do that, to lend their office name to um, any private entity or, cause, but went as far as to host, like, give-a-thons and Facebook Lives and things like that and, you know, tell them that supporting and donating to this organization helps prosecuting and helps the prosecution of people who have molested and abused children. And while we all probably know that to be true because we're talking about forensic interviews and forensic medical examinations and all of the resources that um, hurt people need when they are become a victim of a crime. Um, it's particularly concerning because it gives the impression that he thinks everything they do is perfect and without um, without room for criticism. And he presides over molestation and child abuse cases. And, I mean, he's pretty much tainted everyone's opinion of him. So I don't know where you want to start with this, but it's a lot to well, impact.
0: One of the things that immediately comes to mind is, obviously, I want child molesters to be in prison. I mean, I'm, uh, preferably dead. Sure. Uh, not, but you endanger every one of those convictions mm. when you do stuff like that. Uh, and as much as I, I, I want these people locked up and I want them away from society— uh, I want them punished, and, and I, but obviously, they're, they're, someone who would molest a child is a danger to, to society, and I, and I want that person, you know, behind behind bars. But what's going to happen when some of these some of these uh, these convictions start getting overturned, or they start getting new trials, and and when you start talking about molestation cases? and someone uh, has done five years of a 20-year sentence, and that, that 10-year-old is now 15, or that 15-year-old is now 20, you're going to re-victimize these these, these, these children to, to pull them back in to, to testify again?
1: Well, and, and, you know, to be perfectly honest, we all know that not every case is going to be reopened. I mean, there's, there's some that are just That's not the reality, but the fact that, well, first of all, he's still on the bench and and still presiding over cases, and I know there are some attorneys who have um, begun filing recusals because of his support of this organization, Um, but, and and it's not, well, it's not an attack on the organization, Um, I think it does speak to their ethical compass slightly, because they they know who can fundraise for them and who cannot. And they know, they know what their job is. And, of course, it's important. But if you're testifying on behalf of the state, um, I just.
0: And look, there, there's a good attorney is able to put the hat on and take it off. And this this is true. And I'm not saying every every one of the convictions be overturned. I'm saying it opens the door
1: that mm-hmm. you know, he endangered of he he
0: endangered the those convictions. And even if one person gets to walk away with a uh, 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 with a conviction being overturned, that's too many because be, over his actions, his actions not not you know people get get convictions overturned all the time, but well because over it was preventable
1: actions. because right it, and it it was unnecessary and and truthfully. You know what is your? Of course, I'm sure he does support the organization. I'm sure he thinks it's a great thing. But was it is the organization that important? Because you know, a judge's ultimate purpose is to um, ensure that rights are upheld and to assi- like facilitate the seeking of justice. And when you when you think of it in that those simple terms. I don't think well, there's anything more important.
0: Yeah, when I, when I talk about putting the hat on and off, I'm talking about you'll see a defense attorney and a prosecutor out at lunch together. And they'll go at it in the courtroom and but they're able to take take that lawyer hat off and go be go be a person. Uh a judge can do the same thing, but legally, mm. he shouldn't be well, he shouldn't be lending his name, his professional name to this. Now look, if he he really shouldn't even be donating but
1: he's not allowed to donate that's not yeah right,
0: right. yeah yeah he should be donating but he shouldn't be lending his professional name he shouldn't be using judge or superior court judge in fundraising for anybody
1: and it's also it's, in your circuit like it'd be one thing if it was i mean it would still be wrong because you could be appointed to serve as an administrative judge somewhere else because of a conflict or whatever like those types of things happen all the time but um in your, the, uh, the organization specifically serves the five counties that you preside over.
0: Right. And this is, this is one of those things where, when you say the organization knows better, ah, uh, what a judge tells you it's okay, you tend to believe them. I don't. I, I know. I'm, I'm talking about most people, you, you tend to believe and them. You're, they, if you,
1: if you run a 501c3 that is uh, receiving state funny, fun, money and federal funds, I'm sorry, they know better
0: they should they should know better look he he knew better too but i think he got he got too comfortable that he's you know he's boss hog you know you know i i i'm the i'm the, I'm the big judge around here i'm the boss if i say it's okay it's okay and i'm sure he felt he was do, he was doing the right thing and but of course
1: of that's the problem you know, but of course, of course, I think I don't think he went in there to say like, "Gosh, I'm going to really stick it to the defense by re- fundraising for this entity that helps process. I, I think he genuinely supports the cause,
0: and so, and so do I. If they're doing, if they're doing the 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 testing, if they're doing the interviews, if they're if they're if they're helping victims, absolutely. I, I you know, ultimately that that's a good thing. But when when you start getting it starts getting very convoluted when the you walk in as a defendant. And look, you and I were talking talking before that there are a lot of uh, erroneous charges when it not necessarily molestation, but when it comes to s- sexual assault, there are a lot of accusations that we found out down in Statesboro that after two years we find out had no merit at all. Mm-hmm. But when you're walking into that courtroom and and you just supposed to be blind, holding scales, and you realize that there's a thumb on the prosecutor scale because the judge is already already Raising money for the advocacy advocacy group that's that's supporting the victim. Uh, so you've got the judge and the prosecutor against you and your attorney.
1: That's and think a about what a horrifying feeling that would be as a defendant. And I, and I mean guilty or not, because if and that's that's what's so disgusting, and that's what. Makes me so mad when I write about the justice system and people are like, "Well, I, if they're guilty, I don't really care." Well, you should care because if you don't give them the right, the, the right process and the right procedure, you are personally and, and you advocate and you say that's okay because I don't, I don't like what they're charged with or I don't like what they allegedly did or whatever. You are to blame when that person gets let out because or gets let off because even the it, most guilty people are entitled to the correct and just process
0: it's where your values are if if there's a reason we have the judicial process we have and that is that you are presumed innocent for a very good reason and and we find you know the more and more that that media and news gets into these small counties and and no small parts people like you that we find out things like someone accused of r- rape by regret spends two years in prison loses uh, uh kicked out of school loses everything he has parents lose a bunch of money uh, to only to find out that not guilty and we see these things over and over again An accusation is not a conviction. You can get accused of anything. You can get arrested for anything.
1: It's very easy to get arrested for these things too. And I just can't fathom somebody having to go through the process of felony charges because it's superior court or even dealing with a divorce or something. I mean, or probate or whatever the, you know, probate matter. I can't imagine having to and knowing that that the judge has done things that aren't on the up and up. It's just like that would be such a it's a horrifying process enough and terrifying process. And
0: yeah, a- absolutely. And um, a layman going into court, you're already scared. Sure. Yeah, they're 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 throwing around Latin and they're ter- throwing around terms that you don't understand. And there, there's a lot of, you know, you're sitting, you're sitting there behind a desk and you're, and you're depending on, on, on an attorney. And for a lot of people, a a court, a court appointed attorney, and you're sitting there and the judge that your your lawyer and the prosecutor are just talking back and forth. And you have no idea what's going on until someone goes over and says, Hey, Mr. Smith, do you understand what, what we're saying? No. Okay. Let me explain it to you. This, this, this is what we're saying. And it's, it's a, it's a scary process. And then you throw in if what if English is not your first language? Sure, you have no idea what's going on. Uh, you're you're struggling to understand what's happening because people are talking fast, and then they start throwing in Latin, and you don't know what's going on. And then and then you find out that the judge is in cahoots with the people that are that are supporting the the alleged victim. Yeah, or or the accuser in this case. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a.
1: It's a mess, and so the next step is um, for the – I guess – so the director of the JQC brings the charges, and then um, after that, there is a a hearing where they can obviously have an attorney um, and do all that fun stuff where they um, – I guess defend their actions. All that is closed to the public, of course. But then there'll be a recommendation by the JQC, um, and of course, you know, if there is any type of discipline or revocation or suspension or anything like that, usually that's appealed, and then it goes to the Supreme Court, and then a decision is determined. So, I mean, it's still a good um, ways away from any type of resolution and. I think on the website for the JQC, it was actually listed on 2023 matters, which means that it won't be taken up by that committee until, you know, early in the year, which is only a problem for the fact that he's still sitting on the bench.
0: If right, these things yeah. are
1: in fact true and, and not, you know, some of the, I mean like the stuff about the conflict, like that's on video. That's on, those are on videos that are still circulating the internet so i mean we know those things happened as far as the sexual harassment in the comments of course there's court reporters and but I, I haven't personally seen the evidence for that um but he's still on the bench so
0: well some of the comments and stuff uh you chalk up to being an old man uh and i and i, and I don't know i don't know about the sexual harassment it, it it uh you would think that that sort of stuff would stand on its own but I also yeah. know, as you know, with, with a woman working in an office like that, i.e., Dick Donovan, you better cut you better if you're going to come at, if you're going to come at him, you better come out with a, with a, a bunch of evidence. Even with the bunch of ev- evidence we had against Dick Donovan, it still took a year.
1: Mm-hmm. Thanks, it's, COVID. It's funny that you say that though, because um, when the rumors of this started coming out, of course, like these started because of complaints. <coughs> Excuse me and. The argument that was made to me by someone was, I sure hope they have all their ducks in a row because if you're going to swing at the king, you better make sure it's enough to take him out. And that's so true because, I mean, like it's similar to my friend who lives in the Brunswick judicial circuit and was one of the ones that was raising holy hell about Jackie Johnson. I mean, she had to practice in federal court and and take different types of cases in, in different places while she was... That's a reality for people in the legal system. There's only so much, so much room where you can go. And, of course, she still had cases in her area, but, you know, it was just a different environment. And so well, if I, you're going to go after a
0: judge, you better be darn sure. I said the same thing going back to our first story about Ralston. There was a movement a couple of years mm-hmm. ago to remove him as speaker. And <clears throat> I said, if you're going to, to attempt a coup, you better be successful. You know, it's the political equivalent of of the revolution. Had the revolution failed, everyone of what we consider our founding fathers would have been hung. If if you're going to go against the king, you better win.
1: Right.
0: So w- with this, it, it was it, obviously they compiled a bunch of evidence. Now he could make this go away by turning in his his uh, his card, uh, stepping down from the bench, and, and giving up his his bar his bar certification and go retire.
1: Go, yeah, I mean he's old. vested, and he doesn't have much. You know, there's not much he stands to lose. Although I don't pride, I, I, would, I would, right an ego, but that always seems to get people. I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't know. I'm sure the judicial retirement cannot be impacted by even a revocation. Um, I'm sure that they've protected judges in the law
0: it would it would need to need to be a conviction right now he can be uh impeached I don't know a how judge? much app yes by the yeah. legislature
1: yeah, they're not going to do that
0: <laughs> they didn't do it to donovan they're not going to do it to him right. right. But, but there, there actually was a movement to start, um, start moving towards impeachment of Donovan, but again, COVID happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, Donovan's a bad example just because, because of the timing, but he can be impeached. W- without formal charges, the governor can't remove him. He is, he's a, a duly elected He officer. can
1: suspend him, though. He can what? Suspend him.
0: Yes, he can, with pay. Sure. But the, the best thing to make all this go away is Retire. Walk away. Let let uh, Kemp appoint somebody to, to take your place and go make your inappropriate comments. Go raise money for whoever you want to raise money for.
1: Well, and- the other thing, too, is that this is South Georgia. So, like, if he wanted to go away quietly, if he wanted to resign and, and step down and, and move on to something else and, and do it quietly – it would be very easy because people are, are so polite about that stuff down here. Like, I don't even think the local newspapers or anybody locally have reported on it other than myself. I mean, obviously, like the AJC and um, some legal publications have. But, like, if he wanted to just duck and run and, and then move on, he, he could and people would not. You know,
0: and, and and we harp on the age a little bit because because you, know, you said you said he's eighty, and, and, and eighty, especially in the legal profession, is not old. No, uh, it's not like he's digging ditches. He's not he's not uh, uh, running a combine or anything like that. It's, but he he still has uh, a, a, at eighty and and in, in good health and uh, his picture on there. He, he, he looks like he's a, he, he's pulling off eighty pretty well.
1: I mean, I no, think I he's. I think he's completely of a sound mind, and I mean, I don't. You know, I think he's. Yeah,
0: we're not what. talking Joe Biden eighty.
1: Yeah, uh, and even from the, I mean, he made some inappropriate comments, and it sounds like like there are there was references to him like touching a woman's shoulder or rubbing her shoulders or, you know, things like that. But I is is as, as much as that is not welcome in the workplace, especially in the the era that we're living in. I also don't think that he's a predator. I mean, I just. Give me, yeah, that's there's a difference. I mean, it doesn't make it okay, and I and I feel badly for the women who were embarrassed by his behavior or felt any. I I, I do. I mean, if those things are are true, then I I feel sorry for them because it is uncomfortable. We most most women have been in a situation like that, so you can relate. But yeah, everyone it's who's much ever different. met me, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't met you, but um, <laughs> but you know, it's not it's much different than a predator or somebody who is um locking a woman in a room or you know like blocking her from leaving or it's just it's a lot different um
0: yeah 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 and look it, intent has a lot to do with it sure uh you know uh, intent has a, has a has a has a lot to do with it sometimes you you chalk things up to you know it he didn't mean anything by it uh it just you, in fact if if someone told him hey judge uh the would you would would you not do that? You know, you, you you made me feel uncomfortable. He he would feel he would probably feel horrible. you know, I, you know that's not what I meant. I'm sorry. I feel horrible.
1: Well, you would hope, right? Like
0: yes, yes, I would hope. I would anyway. If if I if I made you feel uh feel uncomfortable, I I'd feel I'd, I'd I'd feel horrible. You know, it's never my intent other than make you feel uncomfortable for having to talk to me every week.
1: Yeah.
0: This is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions and not those of anyone not on the show or any respective company for which we may work own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes and relevant stories over the georgia virtue.com. Uh, the Mule of the Week. I nominated Carrie Lake, Republican candidate for governor of Arizona.
1: Tell us about eh. it, Dave.
0: She wants a do-over. Because there were, uh, I think, 70 machines in Maricopa County that were misfun- malfunctioning, not misfunctioning, malfunctioning. Uh, on election day, mm-hmm. the, Carrie Lake is a Trump-supported uh, candidate. Uh, Trump-supported candidates did not do all that well this election cycle. They didn't. Uh, she wants a do-over. This uh, the the problem. And look, I understand if there's if there's something wrong with the machines, they need to go do a hand count, whatever. Do-over. I don't think you're going to get a do-over. I I I I. Do we want to live in a world
1: where you can?
0: Yeah, this is yeah. Like kids playing playing football out in the street. Like no, no, do over, do over, do over. I didn't I didn't mean to do that. Um, there's no such thing as a do over. You you can't. You're gonna find those the people that voted on those 70 machines and have those people come. There's there's no way you can track that. And being a student of history uh without looking it up, I can't recall a single time in American history where, where, where we've done that. Uh and the problem coming from her is that she was already uh, already screaming the same thing about the 2020 election. Now I I truly believe there, there was funny there's funny business that goes on in every election. I truly believe that there was funny business that went on in 2020 with finding finding ballots and and trunks of cars and, and things like that. But, you know, not so much that I say, you know, don't seat, don't seat the new president. And that's where Carrie Lake was. So the the fact that this is a, it, it, if this was the first time she said something like that, like this is, this is a real problem. We need to investigate it. If she was an adult about it and say, let's, let's do a hand count because uh, the, I believe it was the ink in the machines wasn't printing dark enough for the scanners to pick it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll do a hand count. Of those seventy machines, and, and see where we are. Uh, fine, I think that's I think that's that's fair, and the fact that it's Maricopa County, which is I believe the largest county in Arizona, It's also I believe heavily Republican. Uh, I believe Maricopa is where Sheriff Opiyo was, was, mm, was too. That sounds right to me. Yeah, uh, and and you know, he was a favorite of Fox News. Uh, I believe he's passed now. Uh, so yeah the the whole do-over thing uh is what makes her the mule of the week
1: Dun-dun-dun. all right Jess
0: judge strikes down George's abortion law for all the reasons that you opposed in 2019
1: I was right I did not like I was the I was adamantly opposed to passing a bill based on an if-then bill. I cannot stand those. If we change this, then we do that. We did it with, we've done it with healthcare. We We, we do it all the time. And I am, I mean, we, it's not final, of course, because, you know, the state is appealing to this Georgia Supreme Court. But I am so glad that a judge said, it's, it's not valid because you passed it under these circumstances, but those were not the circumstances at the time.
0: Well, Fulton County Superior Court Judge Robert McBurney ruled uh, last Tuesday that the state's abortion law uh, ban was invalid. The fact that it's a county superior court judge, I, if I were advising a provider, I wouldn't tell them to jump in quite yet and start providing these services.
1: But they did.
0: I I understand. Literally on
1: Wednesday, they were providing abortions up to 13 weeks some of these providers said that their phones were ringing off the hook i'm not sure if i believe that um
0: i have a hard time believing that one other than maybe people calling to see no i believe it was ringing off the hook but people calling to see is it true is it true is it true not get get my appointment get my appointment right. before it gets a chance to go to the supreme court right uh i'm 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 uneasy with the superior court judge making that ruling that really needs to go higher
1: well that's it has to start there though
0: i know it has to start there but it, it's it's gonna have to go higher uh that's the, what i'm saying uneasy about is if if i if i were the, uh, advising that the provider be like look this is a this is a county superior court judge that's making making the call on a state law uh step carefully uh I, I don't know. the The fact is that the only reason Roe v. Wade got overturned is because a state passed a law that had to go up to the Supreme Court. So, by this judge's by this judge's uh, uh, reasoning, you, you you couldn't pass a law then have it go to the Supreme Court, and then you'd have to pass it again. This this law was passed at the same time with several other states. It just happened to be another state's law went up to the Supreme Court first to be ruled, or that's the one that the Supreme Court chose to hear for overturning Roe v. Wade. So i I don't know that this this ruling is going to stand. It just again, as, as a legal layman, but I don't know that this this is going to stand because. That's that's the way you challenge uh, uh, things at the Supreme Court is you pass a law and then you take it to the Supreme Court to figure out if it passes muster or not.
1: But, but in what universe is it legitimate to pass a bill? No, I'm with you on the if
0: then. The if, yeah, I'm, I'm I mean with that, and if that then. is the
1: reason he struck it down. There were like four challenges and he didn't address any of them other than the if then.
0: The if then. Yeah, the the F he didn't even I, he didn't
1: even resp- like it, in his opinion there was nothing about the other because I don't think um, I mean because it like the law when it was passed and signed into law it could not be it could not take effect it, for even aside from all the adjudication or the um, injunctions and things that we saw in the court battles it, it even if none of those had happened it could not take effect because of the superseding.
0: Right. So you
1: know who hates this ruling, right? Who?
0: Stacey Abrams. Why? Had it come out three weeks earlier, some of her, some of her stuff, uh, because the only thing she had was abortion. Had this come out earlier, that would, that would have been political fodder for her. Now I'm not sure it would have made up the, the 10 points, but it certainly would have made a game of it.
1: Yeah.
0: So I, it, it, the 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 timing of this ruling is fortunate for Kemp and, and certainly unfortunate for for Abrams. On, on that because and and every every house every house race that was that was r- running on this those that, yeah. that was running on, on abortion rights is the, those races are settled. I think the only runoff we have in the state right now is is Senate, and, and it, that doesn't even damn apply.
1: Yeah, I now, just, not that
0: not that they won't conflate the two. Trust me, Warnock Warnock will be out there say, saying something because even though he has no say in what the state does uh, uh, in the Senate, he'll, he'll be he'll be he'll, he'll and and uh, um and Walker's. Will both key in on this about having to, uh, about, about this ruling, and that neither one of them have any say in the Senate over what the state does with its laws.
1: Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just really, you know, in this instance, it's not that big of a deal because you're talking about the same administration. Um, and, well, it, from the standpoint of it being Kemp, but like 20, we're still in his first term. So if he, if, it, if he, he didn't win, if he didn't, they could just call a special session now and pass the bill again um, before the change in leadership, which he and, could. And, I, he, it,
0: it, and I'm not saying they wouldn't do that. I'm saying for political fodder.
1: Well, I understand. But what my, what I was getting at is that, I mean, it's, they're they're lucky because in this instance it's something people remember because it was only 3 years ago. If you do these if then laws and you're talking about something that was took effect 20 years ago because you want to see like if it if it gets, you know, overturned at this at a higher ruling that will permit it to take effect, I mean, how are people supposed to keep up with that? And and is that good governance? Like you're elected to deal with issues in the now. And the fact that, like, like I said, this happens all the time. There was one last session. I can't remember what it was about. It's escaping me now. But, I mean, it's not uncommon for our state lawmakers to say, and, and I feel like this judge, I mean, he has to have, he has to have some legal basis somewhere, you would hope, for for saying this. I mean, it's not an unreasonable position to take and say, the law was void when it took effect. So it's not, it does, that doesn't make it effect in effect. Now, if it was when you signed it into law, if it could not legally take effect, it is not valid today.
0: Well, and that, and that makes sense. Now, why do they pass FN in laws? Because three years ago, they're going into an election cycle and they could point to this law. Uh, you were opposed to the law for a number of reasons. One was the pure expense the state would go through defending it.
1: Ha, <laughs> ha! Huh. Huh. Here we are.
0: Yeah, here we are. the 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 pure expense of defending of defending the law, and that made sense. And and I even said at the time, "Is why not let." Uh, Alabama, who's passing a more restrictive law, mm-hmm. let them spend their taxpayers' money going to the Supreme Court with it, and then when once that's figured out, then we can pass our own law and let them spend the money. And, and you know, it's not it's not being opposed to the heartbeat bill or anything else. It's it's the it's the procedure.
1: It's the procedure and the proper role of government because it is not our lawmakers' responsibility to plan. For things, I mean, financially, yes, you should plan for the future. Legislatively, you should not. And honestly, you're trying to like overshadow the judiciary, which is who makes these decisions. But I
0: don't know if it overshadows the judiciary or not. It's it's more the the fact that they knew what they were doing was going to get immediately blocked, and it was. They knew it, and they knew immediately it, it was going to take a, a legal team and, you know, millions of tax dollars to to go and to, to defend this when we had five other states doing the same thing and we could hang back and let them figure it out. But there's, there's this urgency when you're in election year, again, three years ago, if you're in election year, to get this done, to get it done get, so that you can go back to your district and say, look what I did.
1: But just – I, the reason I said that I overshadowed the judiciary is because that's what he's. I mean, he basically said that in his opinion. He said if the judiciary, if the judicial branch has declared a constitutional right – and we're not talking about the dumbass right to abortion. That's not what it is. It's because Roe v. Wade was about privacy. What, However you feel about abortion is irrelevant to the fact that it's not a constitutional right to abortion. It's about – it was about privacy. So he was talking about if the judicial branch has declared that there is a right to privacy, legislatures exceed their authority – Improperly expand their role and fundamentally alter the balance struck by the separation of powers. When they enact laws they know to be plainly and facially unconstitutional, those laws are void upon passage. I mean,
0: well, he's not, not dumb. Pretty
1: correct to me.
0: Yeah, he's not dumb. It it just means that they're going to dust the law off in January.
1: And. I, pa- yeah.
0: Well, I, I don't know. Are, are, are they going to fight would. it out? I, or are they going well, to just, just pass it again?
1: So in 2019, the reason it was brought up in 2019 is so that, in my opinion, Republicans who maybe, um, well, not necessarily in the House, but like on the state level would have three years to recover before another statewide election. I think they adequately insufficiently accomplished that because no one saw COVID coming. And and that, I think, changed a lot of things for a lot of different reasons. But I think that they did it early on in the tent. And that was one of the first things that Kemp tackled for this very reason. And I think that he's going to be queued up to do that exact same thing if he wants to encourage them through his floor leaders, which are another thing that is um, exceeding its authority. Um, If he wants to push that from the, the governor's office, I think that they would be glad to take it up again, especially with the everything going on. And you might think, oh, that's a waste of time. No, it's not. Because when we, we when a kid does something wrong, we say, no, go back and do it the right way. And I think that's important that we do this, that here.
0: Yeah, and I don't have a problem doing that, is take this, the same wording, take the if-then out, because now, now we have the ruling, dust it off. Run it right back to right back to the floor. Don't even run. Don't even need to run it through a committee. Run it right back to the floor. Vote up or down. Send it to the Senate. Vote up and down, and send it to the governor. And that could be done in the first two days of session.
1: But it won't. <laughs> I,
0: nothing goes. Nothing happens until until uh, crossover day.
1: But and then we it's mo- two
0: o'clock in the morning.
1: And I know we have to move on to the next topic before the show ends. But. Just for the record, on February 28th, 2019, on Facebook, I said that I was disappointed with Republicans because of their conditional legislation, and that it was not the proper rule of government, and I thought that they were setting themselves up for even more legal battles than the bill on its face would have. So,
0: Don't dislocate your shoulder patting yourself on the back.
1: I won't. I used both (laughs) arms, so, you
0: know. So, we got the strapped staff member. A staff member at a primary school in Georgia was arrested and fired after she left her purse containing a firearm in the school bathroom.
1: How do you feel about this? She's an idiot. Well, of course I agree with that. It's a very No, I am
0: talking about just just leaving your purse.
1: Right. Overnight how do you,
0: too. How do, how do you get in your car? I mean, how uh, How how do you get in your car not knowing where your purse is? I mean, I, I don't I don't carry a purse, but if you carry one every day, and actually if you work in a school, you usually put it put your purse in a cubby or whatever. Uh it's not the first time I've heard of something like this. There was a teacher out here that got fired for being under the influence and turned out she had a pistol in her purse. Uh and 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 all that. First of all, I, mean, I don't like I don't like care, uh, women carrying pistols in their purses
1: because if they leave uh, it somewhere, then someone can take it. <laughs>
0: no, because it's too hard to get to if you need it. <laughs> no, fast. I
1: understand. I just mean sp- yeah, I totally hey, yeah, agree. No. It's not. It's not. It's not practical.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I but you know, a pistol in your purse is better than one in your car. It happens. We know it happens at the airport. You simply forget, and again, I know I know where my guns are all the time. But you simply forget that you had one in your in your, in your backpack, or you you know you went to the range or whatever, and you forget that you had a, a, a carry, you had a, a pistol in your backpack, or you had had ammunition that that was loose in your backpack, and you tried to go through security. We know it happens. Mm-hmm. We we know it happens at Hartsfield every day. Uh. And usually it's not a big deal. They, they they send you away. If this I would be interested to know if this is what she does every day is carry a pistol in her in her purse. Uh was this a case that's not an excuse? This doesn't doesn't make it right. Is a case where she had to drop her car off the mechanic and didn't want to leave her pistol in there ended up throwing it in her purse and uh didn't drop it off at home before going to work? was just a one off and something like that uh, I also want to know I guess they opened her purse to get her wallet to see whose it was hmm but like, like i don't I don't go into Connie's purse if she wants me to get something out of her purse I just hand her the whole damn thing
1: well I'm sure yeah I feel like you probably accurately I'm sure they said someone found it the next morning or whatever and um I guess, so, you know, the the whole argument that responsible gun owners don't leave things unattended and, and all these things, like, I, I, I don't know if she had other bags, like, there have been times, I mean, I've left the house before without my purse, um, because I have had a work bag or two work bags or a work bag and a camera bag or something, and I and I left my purse behind on accident. Um, those types of things happen. I do think there is, the argument can be made that responsible gun owners, like, would not leave. I think accidents happen and, and people make mistakes. So I guess when we're looking at the law and charging someone, I think that um, you absolutely should look at whether or not like you could say, well, God, can you imagine if a kid found it? Well, a kid didn't find it. So what happened was that someone left their purse in the bathroom of a school with a gun in it and an adult found it and nothing bad happened. So what should the consequence be? I mean that's, that.
0: I don't, first of all, getting fired is is a pretty good consequence.
1: Sure, but is being charged with a felony?
0: I, I think I think that one's tough. I think I think that uh, I think that's really again this goes this goes to why mm-hmm. not not again. There's no excuse for it, but why? What what happened that day that led to you bringing a gun on, on a school grounds? Uh, was it the scenario that I described? Where she had to drop her car off and ended up taking an Uber to work, and had and so I'll just leave it in my purse and, and take it home and 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 uh and put it back put it back in my car tomorrow when I pick it up. It's just a case where this is what she does every day,
1: right? And I so, and I but and I'm with you and I and you know I'm sure a judge will um or when you know when they're working out the process because these things usually I I have seen that they don't normally go to trial. They usually are. Please, um, even if they don't plead down the charge, they at least get like a probated sentence or something. I mean, thankfully, most non felon, non nefarious intended, intentioned people are um, going to prison for this, which I agree with. I just. You know, I I really hope that in Oconee County, they look at the totality of the circumstances and the big picture, and I hope they don't, like, I can't stand when they get in a courtroom and they say, well, this could have been so much worse. Okay, I hear you. But it wasn't. And throwing the book at this woman is not going to prevent a mass mass shooting. It's not going to prevent the next person from sneaking a gun on, like, it's just not. I mean. Well, it it
0: Right. It serves the no purpose to the public to, to to take her and lock her away. It serves no purpose to the public to even, to even hit her with a felony. She lost her job. I mean, uh, there, there's no reason to take her away from her family and lock her away. Uh, and I don't
1: want to pay for somebody to be in prison. I don't want to pay for them to live um, for that offense either like that does not i don't think that suits anybody it's not a good use of my money it's not a good use of your money
0: but but again it it goes to if this is something that she was doing every day well yeah that's somebody she knew the law and she purposely violated it this is a situation where she just didn't know what else i've got to be at work and uh my car broke down i don't know what else to do you know that i'm a little i'd be a little more understanding with that it it, the situation is everything and we don't know it at this point
1: Mm -hmm. But they're sure raking her over the cold. I mean, people are like, what a freaking idiot. I can't believe this, blah, 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 Just.
0: I won't say she's an idiot. It's stupid. It was it was an error in judgment. Uh, but it's, she ended up losing her job anyway. But, you know, I can't be late for work. And I, I I don't have time to go to the house and drop this off. Or, you know, or I don't know if she's married or whatever. Have her husband swing, uh, swing by so she could drop it in his, in his car. Uh, I, I don't know we, yeah. we there's just we don't know enough to to go and start making judgments on her I know that's a uh unusually metered response from me mm-hmm. so Jessica closing thought
1: happy Thanksgiving make sure you use that's all it? the fine china um so that you have to hand wash it and just make the cleanup even more miserable
0: my sister-in-law does that. She breaks out the fine china. I'm a chinette kind of person. Yeah. Um, last week, uh, Robert Clary died, which uh, also known as Robert Clary. Uh, he played Corporal Louis Lebeau on Hogan's Heroes. He was 95. He was the last of the uh, original cast. Uh, he's an interesting guy. He w- was a Holocaust survivor. Uh, his parents and his siblings all died. Uh, he he wore the uh, the tattoo on his arm. For, uh, obviously, tattoos don't go away for his entire life. Uh, oddly enough, most of the a lot of the stars on on uh, Hogan's Heroes when when it came out, it was controversial. The idea of making you know Nazis funny, but uh, Werner Klimper, who played uh, the Nazi colonel, was a European Jew who served served in the U.S. military after after escaping Europe. John Banner, who played Sergeant Schultz, same thing. Uh, Many of them, uh, you know, Klemper took the job with the understanding with the producers that the Nazis would never win. They were always lampooned. But uh, Cleary had a very interesting story, very interesting life. Uh, Never bore uh, any ill will towards anybody. And if if anybody could be bitter, it'd be somebody who survived the Holocaust. Mm Mm-hmm but uh he was a, a very uh from all accounts sweet sweet man uh very talented uh triple threat, sing dancing acting uh but you know i know i know i'm old and i, I watch t v shows from before i was born but uh it was uh i don't say sad it's, it was nice to see they had a nice long life 90, 95 years old but it it was it was worth remarking the passing of robert clary so on that note, happy Thanksgiving from all of us at Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong. Thank you, for uh, Eric Cumbie, our editor. We are thankful for you. I am thankful for you, Jessica. And uh, we will talk to you next week.
1: me am at the moon.